Uh, good evening, good evening, good evening, and welcome to Radio Pulpit 657 AM, your daily companion. I am so excited. I am ecstatic. I can't explain to you in words how I'm feeling right now. Uh, this is probably one of the most excited shows or interviews, literally, in my radio career. Um, so you got to stay tuned. This is not only a normal radio interview, but it's also a launch. And I'm so happy to tell you that this launch is Radio Pulpit in proud partnership with Joy Magazine, AEE Accelerated Educational Enterprises and the Entheos Group proudly presents a top-selling worldwide author of the book Digital Cocaine, Brad Huddleston toured to South Africa 2022. This is big. This is really big. And all of us at Pulpit, we are just extremely, extremely, extremely proud to be associated with this project. So this evening is a project, is an interview where you can take this podcast afterwards, you can distribute it far and wide, because this evening I am interviewing Brad Huddleston. He's in the studio with me, and we're going to talk about his brand new book called Digital Rehab, and he will be launching that book. His worldwide tour and book launch starts in South Africa. Can you believe it? South Africa is dear to his heart. So you got to stay tuned to Radio Pulpit 657 AM this evening, and I will be broadcasting Brad Huddleston. For more details, please send us an, an email. It's very simple. Info at bradhuddleston.co.za, and we will be in a town near you in October and in November. All right, so I'm going to take a short break, and when I come back, Brad Huddleston will be in the house. I am extremely proud of that. Uh, so enjoy this one. This is Your Way, Yahweh with Jeremy Kemp and Adrian Kemp. What an awesome song. Right after this, Brad Huddleston. There we go. Welcome back. It's so awesome to be spending this evening with you right here on Radio Pulpit 657 AM. And of course, Cape Pulpit 729 from Gauteng to the Cape. Thank you to every single one of you tuning in this evening for this awesome, awesome launch of Brad Huddleston SA Tour 2023. And this, of course, in proud partnership, media partnership with Radio Pulpit Joy Magazine on Afrikaans Jeich Tijdskrift, Accelerated Education Enterprises and the Entheos Group. And we are so, so excited. I know that you guys hear my voice on radio way too much. I think I must step back and you must hear this amazing voice of a friend and colleague right next to me all the way, not from the States, free states, but from the United States, Mr. Brad Huddleston. Hello, my brother. Hello, Dwayne. It's, it's good to be with you instead of on Zoom right here in the studio. I'm stoked. Yeah, I'm also stoked. Um, the big problem with Zoom <laughs> is, is the six-hour difference between ourselves and you guys. Yeah, it's a challenge. But you know what? Um, in all seriousness, Dwayne, I will make whatever, you know, sleep sacrifices or whatever. This is important, and we love people, and we care about this nation. We care about all nations, but we care about this one too. So, But at the same time, if we can have a good night's sleep and I'll be right here with you, I'll take that one. All right, that's super. All right, so we're talking about nations. We are in South Africa as a nation, and Brad Huddleston is returning to South Africa. Before we go on, why South Africa? Why the love and compassion for South Africa? 
Well, Dwayne, just to be perfectly honest, uh, my own nation, the United States, whom I love, I'm very patriotic. I'm involved heavily there uh, with the churches, the civic arena, all that. We're collapsing, to be honest with you. And I'm not sure it's all a bad thing. And, of course, it's a bad thing. But spiritually, uh, what South Africa has experienced is pressure. And what that's caused your people to do here is pray. And, you know, from an outside perspective, you may not see this sort of like weight loss. You don't see it. But if someone who has not tracked your journey sees you and that hasn't seen you in a while, they'll notice. So I've tracked the spirituality of your country, and it's very healthy in many respects. And... um, You've been good to me. You're, you're so aggressive here, like what we're doing here. I had, I, I had, I need help to be honest with you to get the word out. You have surrounded me, loved me. The Entheos Group, Joy Magazine, Radio Pulpit, and I, it's happened just like that. And we don't have that in America. Everything has to go through committees. Everything takes forever. They don't return phone calls. And here's, it's like, let's get this done. Let's go. Let's get this done. Let's get this done. There's an urgency of the hour. God needs to move. Well, who wouldn't be attracted to that? Who's born again? I'm attracted to that. That happens in South Africa. That does not happen in Australia. We love Australia. We're probably more patriotic for Australia than many Australians. But this is where the, this is where things are get accelerated, and this is where things happen. And so, uh, and obviously, it's not just my desire. It's what God has done. God has plopped me here for whatever reason, and I've embraced it. So we love you guys. I've taken ownership of this country. Uh, some of my best friends are here. You're in that lineup. And I can't during COVID, Beth and I, we said, you know, we couldn't travel because we don't have the jab. Of course, you couldn't travel at the early stages anyway. And we secretly would say, okay, of all the countries we go to, uh, where would you? We didn't even finish the sentence in South Africa (laughs) because we could go a lot of places, but it, it always came to the top. So in short, that's my answer. Much more to that. But we love you. God is here. And, uh, we're, we're privileged to just ride on the waves of what God has already been doing long before we ever showed up. Well, okay, the, the, the purpose of the show this evening is this is not just a book launch show, but it's a launch to your SA tour, um, which takes place in October and November. It's about a four-week tour uh, from Gauteng to Durban to uh, Cape Town. But you were here earlier um, in September, and you keynoted at a UNISA uh, uh, conference, um, but you visited two churches and if, if that is an indication of what you expect uh, coming back to <laughs> South Africa, Goodness. I think Uncle Angus's words is really coming to fulfillment where he says there's revival happening. The Sunday morning, the entire church went out, and, and the altar call at the school that you visited, God is on the move. Yeah. Well, Sunday morning, I mean, look, I wept as you were leading worship at the end at our altar time because I feel the weight. You know, I feel like I'm – don't take this the wrong way, but – the message that I have is I think people generally like me, but they don't like the message. Let's just be let's just be clear. Mm. Because we have such rampant addiction. And the weight of what I'm asking people to do, or what I think God obviously is asking people to do through me, is you know, we need to detox. That's the name of this book, Digital Rehabilitation. It's all about detoxing. And it's a very difficult process. It's a painful process. It's drug addiction. It's a literal drug addiction. Now, the good news is people are not going to die from this. Um, you will live, but you will suffer the same withdrawals. And then you see the resistance that people have. They have no intention of doing it. And that, that weighs on God's heart. I feel that. So it runs the gamut, Dwayne. But God moved. That's what your point is. Sunday morning, there was a very heavy, from the time you opened in worship, the Holy Spirit came in a very deep, deep way. And it made it easy for me to preach, even though it was difficult and it was heavy and people were shocked. God was there. 
and then the books sold. Now, I'm not doing that for the money. We need money, of course, but that's not what I'm saying. When people are willing to invest their their money, that means God has their heart. Because where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. This is a thick book of, of things that people normally don't want to read. They probably mm. don't want to read it, but they're willing to submit to God. That's the point. Sunday night where we were, the Holy Spirit once again moved. There was a very profound, deep anointing. There was no fluff. I, I said enough things to make people want to leave. Now, not because I was being belligerent or because I was being rude. It wasn't that. It was the content of this is what happens in the brain. This is why it hurts. I showed videos of kids who had trashed the a kid who had trashed the house. This could very well happen to you because mm-hmm. this is what they do. But we, we here's here are the answers. Here's how you overcome this. And, and and God blessed it, but it was difficult. So if it isn't, that's real revival, Dwayne. What I'm saying is repentance, and Uncle Angus would say this, when repentance is not just talked about but done, God comes. Sure, that's a very powerful statement. Brad, your, your previous book, um, Digital Cocaine, uh, internationally renowned book. Uh, you've you've travelled the world with us. You've been to the Philippines. You've been to um, Australia. You've you, you you you've been everywhere with this book in South Africa. Uh, uh, shows like God Blanche hosted you. Uh, the Expresso uh, Breakfast Show hosted you. Obviously, if God Blanche and the Expresso Show and those people turn to you, uh, they must feel you've got a point. Yeah. The- Look, it blew me away just as much as anything, because when I first started coming here several years ago, I did not know what these shows were. And I would have to ask people that I had surrounded myself with, you know, should I should I go to this location? Should I take this interview? And most of the time it was yes. Sometimes it was no. When carte blanche came up, it was a definite yes, 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 pursue that one. And what ended up happening, one of the producers actually just came to hear me speak because she was suffering digital burnout. She didn't understand it, know what it was, but she told me. That as she was just in attendance, she realized she started to feel relief that she now knew what it was. And when I was given the solution, she could actually feel the healing begin. Of course, it's always a process. For some people, it's instantaneous. And so she then approached me about doing a show. And um, she said this obviously needs to get out to the nation is what I believe she was saying because that's exactly what happened. And the, the morning espresso show, I'll never forget the presenter was so nervous to be around me. Now, normally the guests are the ones who are supposed to be nervous. And when I approached her off camera during a commercial break, I said, what, what's going on? Why are you so nervous? She goes, because my kids, I'm worried about them. you know. And, and that's the story. She goes, what have I done to my kids? You haven't done anything. You're okay, sweetheart. Let it, it's all right. You know, we're here with answers, not, not to condemn people. But obviously God wants to speak to a nation with this particular topic like he does the other topics that you host here that are just as important. And um, I'm honored. I don't feel worthy because I know I'm not. It's only but by the grace of God go I. But God has answers, Dwayne. And he's given them to me in large part through his word. They're his answers, really. And they're documented in this book. And I believe we're going to see revival. I don't think everybody's going to embrace it. But God really wants to restore people's health. He wants to restore intimacy with him. He wants that deep abiding attraction that has been put on social media, pornography, and video games. He wants that back toward him, and he wants to wrap his arms around people again. And people listening to us at a certain age will remember those times when they would sit down with their cup of coffee and their devotional book in the Bible, and time went by, and it shocked them when they looked at their watch, and they said, Lord... I don't want to leave this place, but I I must go to work. Please forgive me, Lord. Thank you for being so real to me. Well, what's happened, Dwayne? 
All of that has not gone anywhere. It's just been put on social media. And what God wants to do is reverse that. Mm. If I could bottom line this. So you wrote Digital Cocaine, and um, then obviously God wrote the new book, Digital Rehab, and you spent three years writing this. Um, almost <laughs> almost like, like Revelations was written with, between a man and God, you, you spent three years writing this. But you then sent the manuscript to us, and we printed this in South Africa. Yes. And you held this book in your hands for the first time on the airport. Yeah. And I don't think even you, who's the author of this book, realized how thick and how much content was in this book until you had it in your hands. Yeah, I was shocked. Um, what happens, it, for those who are in ministry who are listening to us, and you would identify with this, Dwayne, when you're the real deal, and I'm trying to be the real deal, and I do truly want to minister to the people that God has put under my care, you know, as an evangelist, missionary, author, researcher. When you get a message from God, a sermon, uh, mine comes in the form of books and articles. Um, you cannot rest in your heart and your spirit until you get this down, refine it through the Word of God, put it through all its proper checks and balances, and then deliver God's heart, what you think is God's heart to people. Well, the, it, w it just kept going and going and going and going. And I kept telling people, I'm almost finished, I'm almost finished, but then... It would hit me again, and I would have to go off to a mountaintop home that would be loaned to me to to get away. And in all honesty, it didn't take a total of three years. COVID interrupted a lot of that because my attention, like everyone else, had to be put on other things for a season. But, yeah, it was a long endeavor, and it was nearly double the thickness of digital cocaine. And I thought, oh, my goodness, is anybody in this age of ADHD, is anyone going to buy this book? Yeah. You know, really, I thought, what have I done? And – uh you know, the printing cost goes away, all that. I had no idea. I just did not pay any attention to the word count because I'm, you know, it's my book. So I just didn't, no, no, I didn't have any publishing, although I'm published. Uh, nobody gave me any restrictions. So I didn't have to feel like I had to cram it into a certain length. And it came out thick. But over the last two days, the two speaking engagements we've had, people have bought it. So I think we're okay on that. <laughs> Yeah, ironically enough, uh, my my reference in the past was picking up a book, and you would you would you would form a mindset on oh this is thick oh I'm gonna take so long to read it. <laughs> I had the privilege of being one of very few eyes worldwide who had the manuscript in advance, mm -hmm. and I spent some time on it. And ironically enough, I couldn't put this book down. It's an easy read. It's really easy. Read. I think one of our mutual friends, Mr. Mr. Graham Yoko's wife, mm -hmm. phoned you and said he was up until the early hours of the morning with us. She walked out at 4.30 a.m. and he was reading it. And that, <laughs> Dwayne, that moved me because I respect Graham. These are, these are uh, Graham and Pam, they're a man and woman of God that God has called not only to this nation, but 23 nations of the continent of Africa. And they, you know, when you're educating people and they take it seriously and they know it's a God mission and and that's happening to Graham, you can imagine what happened in my heart, <laughs> the respect that I have for that man. And then at home, there's a gentleman, uh, some of you listening to me may be familiar with Calvary Chapel. I'm one of the keynote speakers for the Calvary Chapel Education Association. And they have a, a curriculum department and I sent it to the head of the curriculum department. And his name is Larry Interline. And Larry called me. And said I couldn't put it down. And, you know, when you write these things, Dwayne, you don't know if people are going to like it. You don't know if I've just wasted three years of my life. You don't know any of that sort of stuff. So to hear Graham say that and then to hear Larry say that, 
it gave me the peace that I that I needed, the confirmation that I needed to say run with this. And so I love both of those guys. I love a lot of people, including you. But that that confirmation came, and so I, if that's for any, you know, these are two education people who have a lot of young hearts under their care educationally across the nations. And when they said that, I was so thankful, so thankful. I believe we're going to have an impact with this book. Well, if if we had to give any credentials away, if we if we had to give um, in Afrikaans, we say I'm going to say it in Afrikaans and I'll explain in English. If we had to say is hier die boek die moeite waard en wat dink die mense daar beter daarvan? If we had to say, is it worth it? And what do international recognized Christian pastors and workers think of this book? I, I would like to refer people to the foreword that was written by the late legendary Uncle Billy Graham's daughter who wrote. Well, she's actually alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll explain this. Yeah. Um, Ruth Graham was Billy Graham's wife. This Ruth Graham is the daughter who took the late Ruth Graham's name. Okay. So Billy Graham, the state that I live in is called Virginia. The state just south of us is North Carolina. Billy Graham himself is from North Carolina. The Grahams, uh, the, the, I forget what her uh, maiden name was, but Ruth, they are from where I live in a little town called Waynesboro, Virginia. So all, all of her side of the family lives there. So we're all connected, and we live in a very small town. And uh, we're all friends, and they're just very humble people. You would never know that they're the Billy Graham family unless you ask them. They just they just blend in with us and come to. We all go to churches and things like that. They're very humble, and Ruth and I are, are friends, and um, uh, and her granddaughter as well. And I just asked her if she would uh, give it a read, and she said I would be honored. And she wrote that really nice endorsement. Well, totally off topic. Just, just quickly for interest's sake, uh, one of the one of the very well known names in South Africa and Yad Radio Pulpit uh, spends a lot of time on our morning drives. Uncle Angus, mm-hmm. um, uh, you you and Beth spend time on the farm with Uncle Angus and Auntie yeah. Jill. How was that? Oh well, you can imagine I was over the moon. I mean, you know, a long time ago I watched Faith Like Potatoes and you're blown away, and then all of a sudden God gives you an invitation that just came in. I don't even know how they got a hold of me. Uh, heard of me, but the invitation came in from his people uh, asking me if I would come to the farm and uh, speak at his church or the church that's on the farm. I, and uh, so what happened was Auntie Jill, uh, this blew me away. Beth and I turned up and, you know, we travel a lot. So laundry becomes a big issue and all that sort of stuff. And she just comes up to us and hugs us and said, may I please do your laundry? Wow. And in an instant, you know why they are who they are and why they are and where and why they are where they are, if all that makes sense. God has elevated them because of humility. And uh, I went into the home that he's lived in. You know, he could probably, I don't know his finance, none of that stuff. But you have this mindset of people who are in the public eye that they must have a large home. He still lives in the same home, which means we have a saying at home in the South, he's one of us. Yep. You know, he's not gotten above his raisin, you know, and all that. So... I spoke at the church. It obviously went, he came. He was sitting in the audience. Made me nervous, but afterwards he just came. We just hugged, you know, and, and he just complimented me. And then he, he uh, brought us in the next morning to spend private time with us and said a few things from God to us. And and I got to Namibia, and my driver picked me up. Uncle Angus had just been there doing something, and my driver picked me up and he goes, "Uncle Angus left you a message," and and I said, well, "What did he say?" And he said. Don't hold back. <laughs> <laughs> so the things that he spoke over my life 
you know, obviously very meaningful to me because when when he speaks, it commands attention. But he's he's humble, and and I have the utmost of respect for him. So that was a huge privilege for Beth and me to go spend time with he and, and Jill. So. Right, so Brady, just before we get into the book and radio pulpit of Vince, um, let's just for a moment just spend some time with something that's close to my heart and maybe perhaps one of the reasons why I'm so fond of you and your wife. Um, I believe we live in a modern society where they want to package the message that goes from the pulpit. They want to use scriptures to justify their lives but hide the scriptures that reprimands them. Mm-hmm. Our pulpit says... I'm generalizing, but the pulpit has become a place of motivational speaking and ten steps, ten steps to success, and mm-hmm. we don't we don't really address um, getting down to the core and talking what God calls a sin and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I've 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 been I've been in your sessions, of course. Um, you say a thing as it is. I'm of opinion that the youth of today needs people to start talking straight to them. Grandparents need to know. The true stats, the true statistics, what's really going on? Mm-hmm. Is is it something that's close to your heart? Not sugarcoating stuff and saying something as it's supposed to be said. The pressure in the United States for me to tone it down and to become a motivational speaker is overwhelming. Um, and mm. That's where this aberrant teaching comes from, Dwayne. I come from the old school. When I say the old school, I'm not talking about hellfire and brimstone. Yes, hell. Fire and brimstone is part of the Bible, and I will use those verses. There's no question about that. I have to. But it was also accompanied with telling the truth in tremendous love. If you don't love people, you're just clanging brass and a sounding cymbal. You're, you're just noise. And so you have to, you have to very carefully divide the, the word of truth. Um, but because I, I have a topic that is so black and white, this is not a gray area topic. You look at brain scans of a porn addict. And they're very clear what's going on. It's extreme damage. And if you love people, you will say, hey, the train's about to hit you. You should get off the tracks, right? Absolutely. Well, it's, that's where the rubber meets the road. What they would rather do in my country, and it's unfortunately spread around the world. I've seen it in churches, preached in, where they become just like the American churches. Not all American churches, by the way. But in, as a whole, this is what has happened. They would rather you tell them how good they look whilst they're standing there on the track and the train's about to hit them and their backs turn. And you tell them how awesome they are and wonderful they are. But if you love someone, you'll scream at them and push them out of the way. Well, that pushing people out of the way doesn't feel good in the moment, but it may just save their life. And that's the call that I have with a topic like addiction where people are literally giving phones to a child. You look at the all that's happening with them, and you know neurobiologically that it's damaging them possibly for life. And and then you're supposed to be a motivational speaker. The two just do not go together. There's no way you can make that positive. And believe me, I had an American in charge of a very large ministry offer to help me with my wording so we could turn this around, you know. I didn't take him up on his offer because mm. if I did that, I would be like everybody else who throws in so much water on it that people can sleep together. You know, we have fornication in the church People are living together and sleeping together, fornicating, having sex outside of marriage. And the truth of the matter is, I don't put it off on them. They don't know. They don't know that it's wrong. And why is that? It's because those verses get skipped, but Mm. they're still there. Well, I have that kind of message in the context of pornography, social media addiction. And so I'm doing my very best to find that honest biblical ground where you tell the truth and do it in love. But it is hard. I wept at your church Sunday morning at the weight I feel like I'm beating people up, mm. and I, I know I'm not, but I don't, I don't enjoy 
my ministry every day when you, when you have a message like this, Dwayne. There are times I wish I could just be a motivational speaker right in the front of the plane instead of the back, and everybody loves you and celebrates and all that sort of stuff. But that's not the call that God's given me. And I appreciate you, Dwayne. And your dad, after the service yesterday, your dad was so comforting to me. You know, and he actually told me I held back too much. <laughs> so he threw some petrol on me. Like Uncle Angus. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. And so I've got the affirmation of, of those men of God, your dad and him. And, and it was just uh, Pastor Chris. I want to give a shout out there. But yeah, so I, I I do feel a lot of pressure at home. I, I, I won't say who, but I, I was on a Zoom call. And this has happened in Australia as well, where I spend double the time on a Zoom call being instructed on wording and how far to go and this and that. Double the amount of time that I actually have in the pulpit. And if you're having to parse words that far ahead of time and sanitize it that much, I would almost rather not go. And every time I tell Beth, uh, just put it this way, Beth sorts me out on a lot of stuff. <laughs> so I go. <laughs> All right. So just in, in, in a wrap for this section, without mentioning names, spending time with you, can I just tell you what blew me away the past three days? Sure. Um, and it's had my mind running probably 3,000 kilometers per hour. What had me running was, we've got to be careful what we say now. We're not going to mention any names. But there's a huge amount of names that we are following mm-hmm. in our Christian network. We mm-hmm. read these books. We listen to them on TV. We listen to them on podcasts. And I was, I, was, I, was, I was blown away when myself and you and my wife spent some time on just understanding how much of these people truly following a biblical worldview and who of them has got other agendas. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I'm, I'm shocked at these are people that's leading sheep. Yeah. And, and it feels to me like I have a responsibility to remind people of what is biblically right and what is worldly right and, and, and just point them in the right direction. I'm shocked at the amount of names and the specific names that you mentioned that has gone woke or has got a different agenda. Mm-hmm. I'll give this illustration from years ago. As you know, I come from a radio and television background, but radio primarily. I built a radio station on behalf of a broadcast group with three other guys. Sandy Patty, if you remember, I'm, t- I'm using her because it was so long ago. Sandy Patty ended up in a divorce court, or she's getting a divorce. And what we did, and, and Amy Grant was going, her and her husband was going through a problem. That's how old I am. Hmm. We, now understand the terminology here, we rested their music, meaning we pulled it. And we did that because as if our pastor, if he were going through a divorce, we would not want him in the pulpit. Now, we don't write them off, we don't throw them away, but they're in a condition that they need rehabilitation. They need God's restoration. They need healing. They need maybe repentance if they've done something bad. You don't want them ministering in that moment because they have issues that are severe enough. So on the one hand, you have to rest. I didn't say throw away, but you rest them. And then on the other hand, you restore them. But they must be removed from the public eye. The spiritual warfare is too dangerous. The influence of other people while they're going through that, they're not in the right frame of mind to minister. So we, But we copped it. Judgmental. All this sort of stuff, when the only thing we were doing was trying our best to correctly divide the word of truth. And so, fast forward to now, the big problem now, we're way past divorce, everybody's gotten past that, it's all acceptable now, and sleeping together and all this. Well, now we're into the woke thing. And in America, the church, part of the church has, or more than part, has embraced many of those tenets of faith. The way we know that, 
Arizona Christian University came out with stats in May. Only 37% of our U.S. pastors have a biblical worldview now. 37%, only 37% are still following the scriptures as the final authority for all faith and conduct. I'm in that 37%. So you can imagine the rest of them, the 64%, 63%, who have angst toward us who are like that. So when you try to deal with a woke agenda, you become a bigot, you become all the things that the Marxists tell you that you are because they've embraced the spiritualized form of it. So many of the popular, very large names have embraced it, and you get criticized if, if you care about doctrine. Now, look, I'm not, I'm not talking about fringe things that we might disagree on, but we should still get along. I'm talking about you know, the very essence of homosexuality, things that are clearly spelled out in the Bible that we should not embrace, but people do. All right, so we're going we're gonna to take a very short break, and uh, when we get back, we're going to talk about digital rehab and, of course, your SA tour in proud partnership with Radio Pulpit. So you stay right there. We'll be back right after this. There we go. Welcome back. You are tuned into Radio Pulpit 657 AM, your daily companion from Gauteng to the Cape. Of course, 729 Cape Pulpit also tuned in for this specific show. A big show for us. This is the official launch of Brad Huddleston SA Tour 2022 in proud partnership with Joy Magazine, Accelerated Education Enterprises and the Entheos Group. You heard correctly, Brad Huddleston is returning to South Africa for a four-week tour, and that is the reason for the show this evening and, uh, of course, for this podcast as well. We want to get this distributed as far and wide so you can attend one of the sessions where Brad will be on the stage to discuss, of course, his brand-new book called Digital. Digital rehab. Brad, of course, joining me in studio this uh, evening. And um, once again, buddy, like always, awesome spending time with you. Dwayne, I am honored to call you my friend. I appreciate so much Radio Pulpit, Joy Magazine, surrounding uh, Beth and me to make this thing happen. We, we are so dependent on our friends, you know, being out from home. And um, God has handpicked you in our lives. And uh, we just we just love you and your family to bits. I've been privileged to be in your home. And I would just like to say to this audience, um, while he's a very large man and he used to play professional rugby and I'm a very short man, we get along on the things that are important, and that would be the things of God. And Dwayne is living this faith life behind the scenes just like he is on the outside, and we call that integrity. You're being consistent, and we love you to bits, Dwayne. Oh, thank you very much, buddy. Uh, to God be all the glory. We're going to touch by shortly on how people can go about booking a seat. It, these events are free. The events from Radio Pulpit is free. So you guys literally just have to go to our Facebook pages. But we'll discuss that just now. Digital rehab. Brad, you've got your, you've got your laptop open there in front of you. And I know how you operate. I've spent enough time with you to know this. Um, we, we literally have 20, 25 minutes just to allow the Holy Spirit to take over now. What is what is the stuff that people will read in this book if they come out of the evening? What is the stuff? I don't know if you just want to perhaps set the platform of digital cocaine. Uh, I'm going to give you the mic. Free reign. Go for it. Thank you, Dwayne. Well, the the digital – this is built on digital cocaine. And in digital cocaine, what we did, we, we exposed the problem. So I showed a lot of brain scans. I'm very privileged to be in collaboration at UNISA with their Bureau of Market Research in the Consumer Neuroscience Laboratory. So over these – uh, between that book and this one, I've been in some research projects. Uh, I get to do research in Australia with the police there. And, of course, I do other – I borrow other people's research as well. So digital cocaine was, was showing a lot of the brain scans of what pornography addiction looks like, 
video game addiction. These things are not questionable now. You know, when I wrote The Dark Side of Technology many years ago, we only had psychology and you could, could poke holes in it pretty easily. But what ended up happening when Digital Cocaine was written and I started studying informally neuroscience, when you have, a, when you have for example, an x-ray of a broken femur, you can say that that's not your leg. I would offer for you to take a run and see how well that works out for you. <laughs> well, it's the same with the brain. You can scan it and go, yeah, you, your video gaming is – and they've done this with Minecraft. They've done this with you know, other, other digital media, and it's just conclusive now. So that's what that book was built on. We've gotten to the point, and that message was not very well received. Now, lots of people heard it, you know, hundreds of thousands in person, probably on all these radio and TV appearances, could be in the millions, I don't know. But it didn't go over well. It didn't cause any sweeping revivals or anything like that. We've gotten to the point now where people are open now. That The kids are getting angry. They're cutting themselves. You take the device away. The children are uncontrollable. Um people are now finally reaching out for help to acknowledge that they have a problem. The pride is, you know, at some point the pride will be taken from you. It just becomes too obvious. So that's what this book addresses. The first part of the book primes the pump, as it were, for a detox, a digital detox. And the idea is is to, uh, there's a big argument with people about weaning versus cold turkey. And so in for alcohol addiction, most of the time, if you're s- severe, they will wean you. They'll use other drugs to slowly bring you down because your brain can have all these problems. With digital addiction, the vast majority of the detox clinics, which they're only in Asia. We don't have them in America to any degree. We have a few. You don't have any here, none in Australia. May, may, there may be a few private ones, but nothing, not enough to hold the population. Not true in South Korea. At the time I wrote Digital Cocaine, there were 200 digital detox re- rehabilitation centers. And then by the time Dr. Cardaris wrote his book, Glow Kids, he documented 400. So they were up to 400. So a lot of the research comes out of there. It's cold turkey. Mm. So the kids, the adults, and by the way, this is not a kid problem. There are far more adult gamers than there are kid gamers. The average age of a video gamer, I think it was last year in the U.S., was 35 to 44. So they were the first generation to grow up with it. So marriages are suffering and all these sorts of things. So... What this does, this invites people to and, – and only the only one that, that, that really talks about weaning is Dr. Cardaris. But he has – you know, if you have a live-in clinic, which most people cannot afford these fees, they're huge, and somebody is weaning you and, and they're controlling everything, that would work. But we don't have enough clinics, so this book is, is geared toward families going on a journey together with the help of the church – you're going to have to go alone on this one, and you should probably just go cold turkey and get it over with. It's not going to hurt you. Now, it'll drive the people around the addicted person nuts, but it's not going to kill you. It is going to hurt, though. So the first part of the book addresses the digital cocaine-type issues. New content. Uh, there's a little bit of overlap, but it's, it addresses the issue, and then you take into consideration all these things and begin your weaning process. But then in halfway through the book... You just put everything away, and then you read the second half of the book, and here's what, here's what you do. And it's the maintenance part. So once you detox, how do you maintain sobriety? So it's no more complicated than an alcoholic because this is exactly like an alcoholic. You, you have the same area in the brain that's addicted as an alcoholic, a coke addict, a heroin addict, and your child has this. Now, see, this is what we were talking about in the first show. This is what makes my job very difficult, my ministry very difficult. Your mm. child is addicted to the equivalent of coke and heroin with all the associated problems, but they're a child. They're just like 
a baby that had a mother who was on drugs. So now it doesn't mean that the mother has, if she was addicted while she was pregnant to, to digital, is it's not passed like a traditional drug. I'm just saying it is a child with an addiction like that, though. Yeah, sure. So what do you do? Well, you have to detox as a family. You cannot, a mom or dad who's addicted to gaming can't say, okay, you're driving me crazy with your social media use. We're going to detox you. And yet the mom and the dad is sitting around flicking around on their phone for hours. The kid, that's not going to fly. So this has to be done as a family. And then, so the detox has to take place. And then the maintenance. So with an alcoholic, you can't go into the pub anymore. If you're a video gamer, you can't play games anymore. If you were severely addicted to social media, guess what? It's quiet, isn't it? It was quiet in cars just now. It was quiet in homes just now. This is what makes this hard, Dwayne. I'm not exaggerating to you. Neurobiologically, you can't go back to the drug. You'll, you will instantly get addicted again. Now, the balance part of this, and I don't, I, I, I don't use that word easily. You know me. Mm. That balance word has killed us. The one based in neuroscience, and more importantly, scripture, is this. I'm not advocating that people throw technology away. I'm sitting here with a tablet in front of me now. The difference is no one has ever come to me and asked me for prayer by saying, Brad, would you please pray for me? I'm, I'm so addicted to word. I just can't stop <laughs> typing. Nobody's ever said, Brad, I, I really, really struggle with Zoom. I love Zoom calls. I can't wait to get back on Zoom. <laughs> These are good uses of technology that no one gets addicted to. They get in, they get out. It's the social media. It's the video games. Well, my church has a social media page. Are they in sin? You know, you hear all this stuff. The answer to that is simple. If you look at the social media sites put on by celebrities and the one for the church, nobody's going to the church social media site. They'll go and get the service time or the latest event, and they leave. They're not on that long enough to get addicted. But if they go to a Kardashian site or some or whoever's <laughs> hot at the moment with no clothes on, that's where they're camping out. That's where they're sinning. Mm. That's what I'm talking about. So spiritually, sure. what is happening, if I may be so bold as to use Scripture in the Old Testament, God told the Israelites, let me back up. The Israelites sinned horribly, and they fell into the religions around them. One was Asherah. Mm. And God said to them, tear down your Asherah poles. Not balance out your Asherah pole. Not limit your Asherah pole. So in the Jewish mind, a lot of people may have the misconception. They may think that people abandoned Yahweh and worshipped Asherah. It's not true. They mixed the two. They were worshipping in the temple, but they would also go and worship Asherah. Mm. And what God is saying to the body of Christ now through this book is tear down your Asherah poles. Stop passing your children through the fire. You're giving them to Moloch. Not just in abortion, but if in my country, you know, they have all these trans people reading Bible, or not Bible, but, but, but children's stories in libraries and churches. So these are men dressed as women, and the, the parents are willingly giving their children to these trans people to read them stories and let them hug them. Well, these are pedophiles, I would guess. Look, I know what that sounds like. I wouldn't let my child anywhere near these people. Tear down the Asherah poles. Mm. When you are enamored with the culture through your device, but you've mixed it. Because everybody in church, the stats show this, they don't have a biblical worldview. 
they have a cultural worldview. That's why they conflict when the pastor steps on their toes, as it were. They get mad at him. So this is what makes it so difficult with the call that I have. God is telling me to tell people, tear down your Asherah pole. Don't limit it. Don't balance it. It's all about balance. It's just a tool. Your Asherah pole and Moloch is not just a tool. It depends on how you use it. Sure. It's sin. Sure. So spiritually, that's where we are, Dwayne. And that's what God has asked me to say. This may be my last tour. But as Uncle Angus said to me, <laughs> Brad, do not hold back. Your Uncle Angus also once said this. <laughs> he said, be careful calling yourself a Christian because Christians never retire. That's bold statement. Yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> anyway, ready? So... Um, People listening right now that says we want to come to these events, but what do we what do you, what can we expect? What's happening from the pulpit? What's happening from the stage? Are we are we being bashed, and are we being told how wrong we are? Um, where does Jesus come into all of this? Um, what can they expect coming to these things? Ironically enough, Brad, just quickly want to touch on this. We were at a, we were at a service um, Sunday evening, and um, there was a husband and a wife and a and a fourteen year old girl. And um, you, were, you were busy signing books, and they called me over, and this 14-year-old gold looked at me and said, um, my dad don't want me to say this, but it's okay. My dad can be angry now. But my dad expects me to put down my phone. My dad says I'm too much on technology, but my dad's a gamer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a reality. And, and, and I looked at the father, and I said, realistically speaking, you are in no position to reprimand your daughter for the time that she has on her phone if you are a gamer. And then she went, and she says, my dad even reprimands me to get off my phone while he's got the remote in his hands, <laughs> The game. Yes. What 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 can people expect coming to an evening or to an event like this? They're not going to be condemned because I'm guilty of about everything I write about, Dwayne. I have a computer science degree. I know it exactly what it's like. I was you know I was trained before the internet, so there were computers around. Kids don't know this, but there were computers around well before the internet was put on top of the computers that we have, and then made a whole network out of this thing. There were networks too, but um. There's there's not an edge, I don't think. There's truth, though. And if anyone, you know, as I said before, it may be my last tour, and that's okay. Um, I don't think so, but it could be, and I'm willing to pay that price. Uh, but what they can expect is an awful lot of compassion and love because I'm, I'm guilty. Not currently, but I could be guilty tonight, Dwayne. I have friends like you, though. I stay in homes like yours so that I'm not, but I could slip up tonight. So I'm not judging people, but I am saying I am on the other side of that now. Come over here where God is. God's not in digital noise and sin. He separates himself from that. I was there. I've come out of that, and it's really good over here. Taste and see, taste and see. And then we're going to give you a plan, a very practical, doable plan. It's not easy, though. That's the difference between the American way now of saying things. I'm going to tell you right up front. It is the, 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 the plans that we lay out in this book are doable. They are very doable. Whether you, let's say your job forces you to have technology, what do you do? Your school, your child's school forces you to have technology, what do you do? I address all these things in there. And there are solutions. I'm just going to tell you the American way is to tell you, to promise you the moon that this is going to be awesome. God's going to bless you and you're going to walk out of there free as a bird. You're not going to walk out of there free as a bird. We're going to give you the plan to be free as a bird. This is a hard one. 
and you can be freezer bird, no question. But it, you, the chance of you getting zapped, probably. And I'm, I don't know. I respect all denomination, denominational perspectives. Mine is I'm Pentecostal, so I believe in healing, but I believe sometimes it's instantaneous and sometimes it's progressive. This is a progressive one. It comes over time as we cooperate with God through our repentances, through our backslidings. That's a scripture, by the way. Mm. So I'll just, I'd like to go through some of these misconceptions that I'll cover. Go for it. I think you, you had me uh, address this with a couple of teachers this morning, so I may as well camp on this one for a moment. Is it, that okay? Just once again, I want to give God all the glory because I thought to myself now as you were talking, well, I asked Brad to do X for me, and this is exactly what you're doing. <laughs> go for yeah, it. Yeah, okay. Well, part of the part of the plan here, because every home is unique, and because every situation I could not in in one book as thick as it is, you cannot address everyone's unique situation. You have to speak in generality. So the best thing to do, I liken it to a biblical worldview. Mm. If you you don't have to be a theologian, but if you are thorough with your Bible reading over time, you will just know how to think. And then if you know how to think correctly, which is a biblical worldview, you will behave correctly. You will please God. Well, I've created a digital worldview based on neuroscience and also on top of that, more importantly, a biblical worldview. So in an effort to help people think correctly as they're addressing their children, their own lives, I've aggregated or put together all in one place all of the excuses that I hear and phrases that I commonly hear around the world that are repetitive. And I put them in one place and I translate them (laughs) to help people think correctly about these digital issues in a in an effort to be digitally rehabbed, in an effort to learn to live again in the real world, to come out from that. So Dr. Howard Hendricks, one of the great theologians, he took a bunch of scriptures and came up with a shortened phrase, which I'll, I'll read here for the sake of time. If you are not thinking correctly, you are not living correctly, what you believe will determine how you behave. <laughs> so here's some phrases that I hear. I hear people say, that to me, Brad, I'm not as bad as I used to be, meaning their saturation of technology. So the translation of that is, I don't snort as much cocaine as I used to. Mm. Mm. Another one that I hear, I only allow my child screen time on Saturday if he has been good. The translation is, if my child behaves during the week, I will allow him two lines of cocaine on Saturday. Mm. And I have to gently inform parents that cocaine usage on Saturday is just as bad as it is on, say, Tuesday. Now, in defense of the parents, they don't understand the neurobiological things, and and they they really mean well with that. And Mm. it sounds reasonable. I'm not condemning parents. God is not condemning the parent. They are doing the best they know how in that moment. True. And so my idea is to come along, give them a big virtual hug or even a, a real hug and say, look, Mom. Here's what's actually going on so that we can correct this, not beat you up with this. But we must think correctly about what you're doing. And I want to be as gentle as I can. That's what they're going to hear from the stage. Mom, we love you. And I mean that. I I care for parents. I'm not mad at them. Neither is God. Yeah, because why? An error does not become a mistake until you refuse to correct it. That's right. So you can correct it. And there's biblical justification that when we're walking in, in, in blindness, God tolerates that. But the moment we have a knowledge of the truth, then we're held accountable. All right, here's another one. People will say, I deleted Facebook from my phone, you know, telling me how, whatever, they're making progress. Let's impress bread. Yeah, the, the translation is, but I kept Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, Tinder, and other stuff that's none of your business. Mm. 
So here's another one. I want to set this one up. One of the one of the misconceptions that I will talk about, especially when I'm in education circles, people believe that if it's an education app, if it's been gamified for educational purposes, it's fine. Now, they have no scientific justification for that. I do. Content is irrelevant. The brain is going to get addicted to that content, even though it may be Christian or it may be educational. Now, mm. morally, it's okay. But addiction is a different thing. Now, once addiction sets in, it can become a moral issue. So here's what this is. This one I hear. I only allow my child to play education video games and use education apps. Now, secretly, I never say this to their face. I don't believe them for a minute. I do believe they let them use it for educational purposes, but there's other stuff they use it for. But let's play along. I only allow my child to play education video games and use education apps. The translation of that is, my child is a genius. He can snort cocaine and do his maths at the same time. And then this is the most dangerous one. I limit my child's screen time. That sounds good on the... On the front end, and I believe many parents do that. But here's the translation to I limit my child's screen time. I limit the amount of cocaine and heroin that my child consumes. I give it to them, but I am a good parent. I limit it. So short lines of cocaine are also not good just because you're not giving them the long ones. Sure. And then the last one is, sure, I stay up late gaming with my son, but it's our time to bond. Translation, I'm a cool dad. I stay up late doing lines with my 10-year-old. So I think the audience can understand now why this may be my last tour. I don't think so, (laughs) but it could be. Uh, But I'm willing to pay that price, Dwayne. We're at a dangerous, dangerous, dangerous place globally. The children, I mean, it's one thing when the parents know what they're doing, but this has been pushed on kids. And, and, And they're under assault and, and biblically, you know, every time God was about to do something, the bad leaders would go after the children. And that's exactly what's happening right now in the spirit realm. From the LGBTQ, in the curriculum in the schools, where it's been put in academic circles, where it's become intellectual, all the way down to the street corner. Same spirit, though. It's demonic. And what's coming through their apps like TikTok, and what's coming through Tinder, and what's coming through Snapchat, what's coming through Instagram is a demonic spirit to captivate their emotions, their minds, and their hearts, and they've done it. So I'm pulling out all stops, and I'm saying, if we don't have revival right now, we are done. You know what my message is to South Africa? In the first show, I bragged about how God is still allowed to move here and how aggressive you are. If I were to be honest with you, I saw this happen in Australia where I spend a lot of time. Once the mobile phones and the cell phones and the smartphones came in, you're starting to lose that here. And then that in conjunction with adopting some of the doctrines of America, of church becoming a, a business model or a motivational speech thing, the church is under tremendous pressure. Yep. And my slice is the, the technology part of it. So I'm pulling out all stops to say we must tear down the Asherah poles, save us. Parents have to put the oxygen mask on first before they put the one on their child. You know what I mean? From the airplane, they tell you don't don't put it on them first. Put it on you first. Parents have got to get their own addictions under sure. control and then give the oxygen mask to the kid. And we must have revival now. Mm. That's that's the summation of this. 
Well, let's wrap this up. We've got two minutes left. I don't think it's your last tour, just for the record. <laughs> um, not, if it, not, not if Radio Pulpit and the Infields group has got something to do with that. Um, or God, I think. Oh, yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> All right, so listen up. We're going to wrap this up. Um, Radio Pulpit is proud to present Brad Huddleston, uh, book launch, digital rehab. And there's two events in Gauteng that you can look forward to. The first one is the 26th of October at 1830, uh, half past 6 p.m., of course. The evening at Entheos Family Church in Centurion. And then also Saturday morning, for those of you with the excuses that I'm busy and I'm away for, for work, there's a Saturday morning, 9 o'clock as well, at Entheos Family Church. Um, and you can go to our Facebook page right now or to www.radiopulpit.co.za. Go look for the ad with Brad Huddleston's face on it. Go click on it and then just follow the Quicket link. It is a free booking. It's not going to cost you anything except, Please bring some cash on the evening The books will be sold here As well as the Eagles Nest Cafe Will be open for you to grab a coffee uh, And we, we do have good coffee don't Yes we? you do, amen <laughs> Alright, so and then of course uh, On the morning It and sounded the, like I was addicted <laughs> <laughs> Well maybe we are, I'm just joking uh, uh, Brad will be here for photos For signatures, for advice, whatever um, And we really, really, really Want to if possible, make a difference in your life. Um, we'll also praise and worship at these events, do a few songs, um, and then we'll hand over to Brad. So, Brady, we can't wait to welcome you back to South Africa. Dwayne, I feel like I've come home. We love you. And I just want to say, listen, at these, at these meetings, we're going to seek God together as a family. And God's not mad at us. He wants to restore us. He wants to heal us. He wants to restore intimacy. That's the purpose. Not to beat up, but to free up. Right, and then the Enfields Group will sponsor this one. Here's the deal. Uh, the tickets are open. The first person to go book a ticket will get a free book. Okay? A digital rehab free book. The first person to go. But they have to show up too. Yeah, they have to show up. They've got to collect it on the evening. Yeah, you have to collect uh, all right. it, yeah. So the first person to book, uh, when you book, we ask for your name, surname, telephone number, and email address because we would like to have a record of you for future events. But the first person to book right now on Quicket. Uh, your book will be ready for you, signed by Mr. Brad Huddleston himself, um, and you can also take a photo with him on the morning or the evening, depending on which one you come to. Brady, um, it's, once again, awesome spending time with you. Um, love you like a brother, of course. Love you a lot. And I just can't wait for you to return to South Africa. Love you too. And that's going to be an awesome tour hitting the major cities and keep an eye on these websites that Dwayne will be announcing so that when I show up at a church or an event location near you, I'd love to meet you. Please remember for more details, you can send us an email. It's Dwayne at RadioPulpit.co.za or easy info at BradHuddleston.co.za. We have access to that email and we can help you where we can. Maybe you are a church organization that would like to host Brad. If it's not for 2022, um, if Brad and God allows, we'll have a tour in 2023 and we would like to come visit you at your church. Awesome. Love you, Dwayne. Right, so Filling the Gap, proudly brought to you by Radio Pulpit, 657 AM and K Pulpit. Please um, stay tuned to your daily companion. Um, every Monday, same time, same place. I love you two bits. Enjoy this one. See you next week. Bye-bye, guys.